Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 240. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meeting tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. So in the morning, you check in with Rodri to let them know if you're... They're leaving tomorrow. They had said they'd leave two or three days, so yes, they are leaving tomorrow. I think we can can do that. In that direction. Yeah, we're we're going that direction anyway, so tomorrow morning. Do you wish to make your negotiate check? Yes. And we know these people. I understand that... We have friends. You gave us the the new higher rate, but now that you've seen us work... Oh, boy, oh, So, boy. Roger's negotiated is two reds and a purple, but I'm spending a story point to make it three reds. All right, but we get a blue die for having shown ourselves to be useful. You do. Can I help? Because I have medical knowledge. Oh, like... Oh, in, that's true. That's in addition to your martial prowess? Yeah. She helped Tomas. Yeah, I didn't charge anybody for anything, even though Hepa doesn't really know, doesn't think that you would charge for that, but... Yeah, you can... It might that. be something she mentions medical knowledge, and Trick could be like, and she could charge for that. Okay. Before I make that little trick will talk himself up about how capable a merchant he is. You tried this last time and it didn't go well. Uh, yes, the willow dusters are out. To enumerate your points? Because I have to enumerate. It's accounting is the most... Like, this is like before he goes into the negotiation trick, is literally psyching himself up. It's kind know. of like reminding yourself of like the points you need to hit to appeal to Rodri? Yes, I think so. And it's it's a numerical list. It's like, one, we've demonstrated our capability. Two, we went above and beyond already. Three, we know the beard and knots are being paid more. <laughs> Four, Hepa can heal people. Four, magical talents on our side that we did not charge extra for. Five, additional prisoners. That is the mantra. All the accounting. Da, 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 da. The accounting. Da, 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 da. I have natural liar available. For this very important role. That would be a failure, so I will take my natural liar and go. That is a worse failure. So, I have one threat on that. Once again, you have failed to psych yourself up for negotiation. You I also learned. cast, so that was... That is one threat to me, casting? You mean to take more strain in this situation? Yeah. Is that, like, trick and realize, like, that is just keeping this list straight. It, oh, no, it's a list of things. Yep. That's the problem. A list of mundane things. Alright, this is the actual roll we're making. The roll here goes fine. I didn't need the magic. It was inside me all along. <laughs> uh, one success, one advantage. Trix prepared this like long list of things, and they're just like, yeah, you, you show yourself useful. Rodri appreciates that you prepared like an appropriate argument. A lot of times people just come in and they're like, well, we should get what they're getting. But like you like present all these reasoned points. And Rodri can appreciate somebody who, like... Has some, done some planning. Yes. It shows professionalism. Yes. So you will be paid 
two coins for four hours on the next leg of the trip. Mercenary <laughs> upgrade. But we expected to take on leadership responsibilities. And yes, they are going to be saddled with taking prisoners along with them towards the Fort of Abez, ultimately is that destination. And we'll quickly ask him, is it just the prisoners they had before, plus the new additions? Or are they is Weldon adding even more prisoners? So other groups of prisoners have arrived in Weldon okay. that are getting delivered. Is Henrik the one escorting them all the way there? Henrik's job was to bring them from South Tower to Weldon. Okay, so Henrik is, head, is probably already heading back. And there will be some guards from the king's treasury, but you know Rodri's opinion of official guards has uh, plummeted given the recent activity. I understand Henrik succeeded in his thing, but right. Rodri didn't like what they brought cost, down upon their caravan. It cost him money. So, if you will be heading out tomorrow then with Rodri, Knotts, the Beard, Tomas, Fionn, cart guy who really likes that you're a ghost hunter, and who knows who else. But no goats. Or sheep? They were goats, and they're not coming. So, in the morning, you can try to intercept the elf, and in the afternoon, you can visit Battlegrounds. That sounds good. Have some snacks, check in on Mate. Mate will go out into the battlefield area with you. Oh yeah, I'm sure. In the city, Mate's got other things going on. Also, Mate probably doesn't want to hang out at the Avery. <laughs> Maybe he does. Uh, on one hand, good food. On the other hand, better food hangs out near Trick. Yeah. That's the real reason Mate comes along. So, in the morning, your goal is to bump into this elf. Yes, yeah, so we get there earlier because nobody has clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mid-morning, we're still on South Tower time. Do you intend to catch her like before she even goes into the shop, or do you intend to catch her while she's at the shop? I don't necessarily want to interrupt them, so I think we arrive just like a little bit after. So like they have already started their business, and don't mind us, we'll wait. And if we hear anything, we hear anything. Not that that's especially pertinent, but... So you're looking just to eavesdrop on their business, rather than like engage with them? No, I do want to talk to her, but like okay. after... If there's extra information to be had, why not? Okay. If you are going to try to eavesdrop on their conversation without them being aware that that's what you're doing, then that's going to be a cool check. Social spell. Oh, sure. Is that just like, what are we doing here so early? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the, the other elf. I just now picked up what your plan was, so I don't think Hepa picked it up. Yeah, I think she's just kind of like looking at paper, I guess, or whatever's on the walls. I don't think she realizes what we're, that we're here to eavesdrop or to meet this other that, elf. That's fair. But she can busy herself. Don't mean to cut you out of anything. No, that's fine. I okay. mean, I can. she could update her map or whatever while we wait. Okay. Hepa can entertain herself. That's what I'm saying. Or Hepa can be like, I'm going to slip upstairs and corner Alice's mom. Doesn't really sound very Hepa-like. She's obsessed, but not that obsessed. No, I don't think that would be a, <laughs> a Hepa thing to do, to slip around outside. But if there are things to look at or she can update... Uh, Alright, you're just writing away on your own parchment. Yeah. So maybe she's starting, she's working on her letter to Elric. Your are, mom are says, you, hi? Are you looking to send something from here? Mm-mm. Oh, really? That would be oh. awesome if you did. <laughs> like the postmark? <laughs> Although, like, depending on what it's like, you said, your mom says, hi, by the way, Demal, make sure Alec actually gets to read this part. <laughs> We're on to you, Demal. You know, you know what? <laughs> Angry face. She's not. I'm not opposed to that, but she's not thinking about that right now. She's just okay. writing the letter, but that doesn't occur to her that where she is. But we can see how the afternoon goes because okay. if they're not like completely pissed off, 
then maybe we send, you know. Okay. That's <laughs> true. All right. Your cool check to listen in. Is there vigilance? Two reds and a purple. Regular stealth that doesn't help you on this? This is it's acting casual. Oh, oh, yeah. Failure, but triumph. I am noticed. Yes. She takes note of you. Which she in this context? Ithilial. Okay. Ithilial is here to meet with Ocean regarding paper that she is purchasing. Yeah, right. Alric's mom, I guess, is upstairs or something. Alric's mom operates the Falcons and is upstairs with the Falcons. So Ithilial definitely knows that you are listening in on this. Okay. It's when your ears twitch forward. That's the... <gasps> Obvious tell. Yeah. Elves. <laughs> you have... I loosen my hairband. You failed, so she knows you're listening. You have a triumph. Yes. She cannot take offense. She can be positively inclined towards you. Yeah, it, it can be that, and it can be that what I failed, so she might take your conversation more privately. I don't get that inside information, but she will approach us afterwards, yes. perhaps. she takes an interest in you. Yes, I think that's fine. Okay, that's how we will handle it then. Their voices drop a little further. Or like even like they just step to a slightly different part of the she, shop. She gets her like packages of paper of whatever fancy kind she was looking for. And when she's finished, she asks you to step out into the street with her. And then she turns and she looks like right at Hepa. Hepa's like drawing Knott's hair for Alric. <laughs> <laughs> Have you considered growing your hair out long enough to try this? And then she looks like pointedly over at Hepa. And then she says, and bring your sorceress with you. Should have seen that coming. Hey, uh, do you have a second? Oh, yes. You step out into the street. Human business going up and down. She's not looking to mug you in an alley. It kind of sounded like it at first, but since she invited Hepa along, it's like, she'd have to mug both of us, and that'd be a lot more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Your sorceress. (laughs) Trick keeps is cool. (laughs) You have a triumph. You have her ear. She's... She asks what your business is here. Hepa's like, oh, hello. <laughs> uh, we're actually just passing through town on our way to Danton. But I like to keep an ear out for, for things. You never know who you're going to run into. Making impressive displays. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if Hepa would put that together. Because she, she, Her eyes slide yeah. over to Hepa. I think in my mind the radius was just up the cart. So I don't know if she's going to pick it up. Trick probably will. Hepa doesn't always... We ran into some trouble. We came in with the caravan most recently. And there was some trouble along the way, but everyone is okay, thankfully. You were traveling with a human caravan. It is a convenient form of travel. How do you travel? Swiftly and discreetly. There are many forms of discreetness. You can put up a hood, or you can put on a face. (laughs) That's just like... There's this conversation happening... (laughs) She's like, why would you have to be discreet? But you know what? She, that's improper. That would be impolite. That would be impolite. <laughs> and she asks if the humans around your forests are so cooperative that you can just join their caravans. They can be convinced. Most people, if you ask the right way, can be convinced. This isn't true for where you're from? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, help us confused because, I mean, they seem like they don't always like elves, but they didn't seem like they were totally... Would you like to take this conversation somewhere more private? She, she like, kind of snorts. Uh, she snorts almost in derision at Hepa's question. Like, just how naive are you? Be naive, don't sound. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you proposing to take this conversation? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. What is a, a place in a city that three elves would feel is private and safe? Weldon probably has some sort of like park space in it for like yeah. the upper crust. That is probably as good as it gets. So you suggest taking to a more private location, and she suggests... Um, the King's Park? Yes, which you guys will follow her to. She clearly knows its location. Yep. And you will reach a gate at the point after which lowly, dirty people are not allowed to pass, but she will drop her hood there, and she says to the guard, you will let us through in a almost coercive tone. And the guard says, uh, yes, my lady, and opens the gate and allows her to escort you guys in. We are so country bumpkins. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> totally out of our depth. This is perfect. This is typical. Hepa's like, thank you. <laughs> now you are in a thicket of trees. You, like, see off in the distance humans some, in, some picnickers. in fancy dress, like, playing some game with sticks that they're swinging sticks at, and wickets. at balls on the ground. Yes. Some sort of croquet type game. Yeah, and you know, our first instinct is like, what kind of training is that? But then we are like, wait, it's probably entertainment. <laughs> yes, and people like brunching on blankets and in fancy clothes and, and clearly wait staff type things. It's not, I'm not saying that's the king, but those right. are the core at least, yeah. We are in a more discreet location now. Maybe as we heard you were traveling through town to see off Sir Deirdan. I forget. I did not know him myself, but I. What is the right thing to say? <laughs> Condolences. Uh, yeah, I think just. Did you but, have a long lifetime affair with him? Or? But, yeah, I just assumed that. <laughs> but my condolences to you. Obviously, not a lifetime. On on your loss. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we're sorry for your loss. <laughs> she she can pick up on the plight part. Yeah. You want to make a check? Yes. A charm because check, I guess? You're expressing condolences, and so how she responds to that will depend on how well your role does. Uh, her cool is... She has one cool. What is her presence, though? Three. She's an elvish lady. Are you uh, expending a story point? No, not at this point. Any other dice that you go in here? I don't know if I can help with proper upbringing at all. Proper upbringing applies to your roles. Yes. I don't know if you I can, can help You can provide a blue die by <laughs> being nice. Two success and two advantage. She thanks you for your condolences and says it is but another loss in a long line of losses. I suppose that is the way when one... What is the play when you say? You fancy humans. You have advantages. <laughs> yeah. But friends, maybe? That is the way of when you know humans. Is it not? <laughs> um, what do you want to use your advantages for? Uh, do you want to like gain some like insight into her? Yeah, wanna, like... or her demeanor is clearly very reserved. I don't know if this is towards opening that up. Like obviously this person is under a lot of stress already, uh, and I feel like that would be multiple roles. But we're in a safer place. Do you wish to like have actual social combat going on? I don't feel the need to do that. If you want to do that though, I'm on board. It's just like if you're trying to spend them to like for like disposition tracker, that then sounds like social. Combat. From a mechanical effect, let's learn something about her. Okay. Either she expresses or... distaste at like your implications that she was romantically involved with humans. Oh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Brenda was like have dalliance. Yeah, Brenda was like whatever. <laughs> Essentially, like she kind of corrects you, like that what she lost was not some sort of 
paramour. She lost one of like the few people left who understands her position. And that while yes, many potentially useful humans have died in her long life. Potentially like useful. the trick is running that through his head. <laughs> right. The loss of her home is like far more significant than the loss of any one life. Sorry, she said the loss of her home? Yes. Forgive me, but may I ask, from what forest do you hail? She's from the Athenwood. Uh, we are from the Estrin Forest, some ways to the east of here. If you're familiar with the human South Tower, it is near there. Meaningless geographical I things. I pull out <laughs> High Lord Volus's. Are you, have you known High Lord Volus? She's kind of like, he fancies himself High Lord, does he? Over that cops. If he is Highest Lord on the Council, does that not make him High Lord? <laughs> And she's like, kind of like, she'll allow the technicality. <laughs> I believe if you would ask a woes, they would confirm it is a forest. <laughs> so you have this kind of like sparring with her. Do you yes. want her to make a check back against you? Sure, let's have her make a check. Because she's going to make a coercion check. Yeah, that's going to go real well for her. But I will throw out a clever retort. What happened to that? Uh, didn't get along with humans? Maybe. So she's, she's like, her home is gone? But nope, did, like, Athen would burn down? Is it just her home? Was she bent? Like, too many questions. So. Are they questions that Hepa is spitting out? Or not? I think I'll wait to see how this goes before she... She may. Okay. I'm spinning a story point. Okay. She's got two rings in coercion and three will. You have a clever retort going. Yes. She has five successes and four threats. Okay. So you're going to be allowed to do stuff with threats, and if you want that to be, like... Her jibes give away information. I think that would make sense. But she's got five successes on this coercion check. I think you will see that who you are dealing with is a proper elvish noble-like lady. Someone of great standing and power. Someone who casually refers to sorceresses, whereas uh, from Trick's perspective, like, oh, sorceress. Like, Camellia was really happy to make sorceress. That's a big deal. No. And... You were saying, like, you know, the woes is sweet, it's a forest. And so she will make comments along the lines of, like, sort of like a muttered gripe to herself. You know, like, would I be willing to settle for a forest like that? Like, or is it better to have no forest at all? Like, I see. You will gather from this that the Athenwood is still standing. Okay. The Athenwood still has elves in it and running it. She has lost her home. She's, She's from kicked the out Athenwood. for being so sad. No. <laughs> so. You're really cramping our style. Nobody you know. likes her. <laughs> she has been exiled from the Athenwood. The specific reason for that, you have not yet right. worked out here. But she has indicated that Dioran is one of the few people left who like understood her and her situation. So he is somehow connected with the situation that led to her being exiled. And if Hepha wants to spend a story point... I think I do. I don't know what it is, but I do. Do it! Is it map for it? Yes. Yes. There's information you've had up to this point. You've had bits and pieces of the information put together. Yeah. And if you are spending a story point here. Yeah, because I was just thinking, what can I use map for it for? I've used it for a couple sessions. Right, but you talked with Knots about some time that he spent in this house. You guys have learned some things about that they did things around the Athenwood and Kurlath province. You know that there was fighting between the elves and the humans there. You also know from tales you have heard some suggestions of their veracity is debated. 
that there was an undead issue down in that general area 40 or so years ago. Now, you, you know elves can't do necromancy. Like, Brandel told you that. Right. But Breda also told stories of Amalma Bryn down in that area. So these are various pieces of information you have gathered along the way, and Ithiliel is involved in that story. She has something to do with what happened between the humans and elves down there, and in more recent times, she's been exiled from that forest. And the fact that she was here attending to a human upon their death suggests to you that she in some way sided with the humans. However, she also, you have seen, has a certain amount of disdain. I think she just has disdain for people not quite of her status. That's a possible way to to look at it. But also, if she sided with humans against her people, it would have had to have been something extremely important for her to take that stance. Mm -hmm. And this touches upon an undead issue that happened there 40 years ago. Right. But if this guy who was her friend isn't following her around as undead, I don't think it was her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, she does not appear to have resurrected Euron as her uh, Yet. minion. <laughs> Might take a couple days. I mean, we don't know. She does have a cloak on. That's true. So you have, like, some context right. related to the Athenwood and related to the situation there. And she seems connected with that in some way. So if that, like, informs any sort of engagement with her you wish to have... She just made a coercion check, so she seems a little bit scary, but... Turns out it's not your mom only, it's apparently all Elvish ladies. Like, yeah. this is like a dark penna. <laughs> but, if Hepa puts two and two together, she could blurt out a question that wouldn't be an uncommon thing for her to do. Because if she indicates it, then Trick can kind of put it together. Hepa just needs to blurt something. Trick will handle all the rest. Yeah. Or she could just say, so you sided with the humans. I can make a charm check, and if it doesn't go well, she says it very poorly. Charm checks go red, purple, purple. You can use proper upbringing if you wish. I think that's instinctual enough that she would still use it. My lady. My lady, that means you sided with the humans. Maybe the same way she says mother. (laughs) You know, like, she's just like she's addressing your mother. Well, let me roll the check and then we can see what, how she puts it. But basically, she's going to say what she just realized. There's one story point. I don't know. I just used one for the map for it. It's all yours. All right, let's try it. No, I don't succeed, but... Uh, plus one more advantage from... Okay, so two advantages. Oh, so you sided with the humans, I guess, is what she would say. I'm trying to think of how that she would say it politely. You might want to connect this concept to the undead somehow if you want Trick to know to pick up on this thing. So Trick is mostly still clueless about Okay, what so happened. what she could say is, so you were involved in the altercation with the undead at the Athenwood 40 years ago or something like that. Uh-huh. Her tone could just be more... Academic. It's not, <laughs> it's not a very charming thing to say, but she would probably not say it too rudely. But you have advantages, so you can pay a blue dye to Trick for yeah. Trick to like take this and run with it. Yeah. Trick, you've spent more time with Bredo's stories, right. and you know that... Mal Mabren is associated with that. Okay, so Trick will try to put in, so with you helped humans put down Mal Mabren, right? That was you, wasn't it? It almost like, like, you did that, that was... Ah, so you want to spin it as like, that was a good thing? Yeah. Okay. 
Wait, isn't it? <laughs> no. I mean, it is. Right, but... but his tone, like, you two are elves. Right. And you're talking about, like, you sided with the humans and helped them with them. And frankly, you know, mm, our forest also, well, undead about, mm, we're just going to hang back. Not our problem. Okay. That's like new charm. You are doing a charm. I am upgrading. So you are facing two reds and a purple. Now, do I get a blue die from one of those advantages? Yeah, Hepa can give you a blue die. One success. Her haughty demeanor slips, and you see the sad face. It was indicated to you that, that she was a sad sort of elf, from the perspective of yes. the proprietor. The cheerful human. Yes. She says she did not know how widely that information was circulated. But yes, she helped the humans, and she becomes like a little defensive, as if she thinks you're going to judge her about this. I mean, um, we know firsthand you, that you even have a hint of necromancy and somebody's going to get banished. Evan doesn't say that. But. So she says, like, yes, she did help the humans, that no one else on the council believed them, but she saw what had become of her former teacher with her own eyes. Oh. Implying Mibrin was her teacher. Yeah. She saw what became of him, that he was the leader of this undead activity. And he would have also been a noble himself. Melbrin was an elf? Hepa's gonna say that, because she believes that elves can't do necromancy. Yes. He was a great elven sage. One of the few that still had maintained knowledge of the dark sorceries that Haldric the First brought to our shores. Some of this is news to Trick, but he doesn't he'll make a cool check to like, oh yeah, I know that. Hepa's gonna be like, elves can do that? Yeah, I was there when Haldric came to our show. <laughs> That'll be his new line. I agreed to Haldric the first, mind you. It's like 650 years ago. The very old elf. <laughs> this is just the generic rule. Not oh, that this big. is just you're keeping your own self in check. Yes. I have three successes and a triumph. So you managed to uh, not let on how much of this information is new to you, Trick. And you are super suave and cool about things because you want to upgrade a check. Or yeah. Something else I think what exactly? Yeah. I think Trick will say like I've heard of Malmarin. Uh, like I admit I wasn't sure if it was true, but we've dealt with our own share of undead troubles to know to appreciate the risk that you took and then the necessity of the actions you you took. But still, like I didn't think elves could do that kind of magic. And that is the attitude that prevented many on the council from taking action when it was needed. The trick's thinking to itself, so it's not just Randall has a fixation on it. It's <laughs> like, I need to be more careful. <laughs> I just picked up a staff and tried it out. She doesn't say that, but that's what's going through her mind. May I ask, you did put him down for good, correct? Yes. He's destroyed and he is no more. Can you say how you did that? I understand when the humans put down Malravenal, they were never quite sure. If he was gone for good, and many are still uncertain. Is Trick fabricating that? No, like, because he's heard, like, oh, a great, there was a, when they took, killed Mount Ravenel, there was a great blast of light, but there was no body. Yeah, that's what Catchin was complaining about, yeah. was, like, that they didn't, like, I don't know if he said it straight out, but it really sounded like he believed that they didn't do a thorough job of yeah. destroying him. Once the, whatever happened. They saw they, the light, must be done. And he's like, that's not the end of it, which I don't know what is, but he seemed very unhappy so, about that. If she has, like, a confirmed way, like, this is how you finish off a lich, that would be good to know. 
Like, that might be information I need in the future. <laughs> Asking for a friend. So the humans that you have talked to who have described the end of Mel Ravenall... The humans seem sure, except yes, the Yes. A dark hand reached up towards the sky in desperation of wispy darkness and then dissipated. Yes. Cachin is the one who is the naysayer, who said, even if Mal Ravenal was defeated, there's all of this stuff still lying around. I don't think Cachin has ever suggested that Mal Ravenal is, like, still up and about and doing okay. stuff. Okay, okay. So maybe the question should be more generic, like, how did you ensure the undead stayed dead? Ah. Because the best tools we have are breaking bones, separating pieces. Maybe a cure for the disease. Yeah, mitigating disease. Oh, but that's for the spread. Fire, maybe? The woods further south of the Appingwood still have dark sorcery tainting them. They are shrouded in the cold, thick fogs, and she would not be surprised if there were still ghouls haunting them. Mabrin was taken out by a combination of elvish magic and human ingenuity. Essentially, it doesn't sound like any specific ritual was done. Okay, Make sure it's dead. And lots of skeletons were smashed, and so lots of pieces, by Dorian's forces. Oh. She is wondering about why you're asking and what you're implying in your statements. Does your forest have an elder-like elf from the early times still in it? She had thought Mabrin was the only one left who still knew anything from what Heldrick's people brought with them. This is what she's asking if you want her to make a roll. She can do so. I'm happy to pull out the map and just be like, here's where we found I think it. That's what, we think there's a problem. And I think she, that's what happened. You, you know, Hefe, she's going to be straight up. But do you say, like, there's no one in our village like that? Or do you say, like, uh, I don't know, Hylo Bolas is pretty old? or? Oh, I don't know what she means by the the old-timey elf or whatever she said. So she's Because she asked kind of two questions. She started yeah. with the why are you asking. So that's the part Hefe's going to... Thing, but I don't know. Hepa's gonna have to ask a little bit more about what does she mean by yeah. old timey elves. Cause... People ponder like she's never heard of an elvish sage. Like Thrandil's not that old. I mean, who's the oldest elf in our village? I doubt we would even know necessarily. Like two of us. I guess Trick would even ask out loud. Like how how old is Breda? She's been around. She's the one who knew about Malbrin. Ask elves their age. Hepa's like I don't know. Have you ever met uh, Breda? She's an elvish storyteller of some renown. She's been, I'm sure she's been to the Ethan Wood before. Has she met Breda? Is Four. Breda so well-traveled that she's been to the Athenwood? Breda has implied that she had an adventuring career. I suspect Breda has been to the Athenwood, but would this person have taken notice of her? Okay, this is what I'm going to say I think is likely. We know Breda had an adventuring career. Mm-hmm. We know Breda knows about Mugrin. I think it's possible... That she was in the Athenwood, and she was part of the Elvis shamans and fighters who supported this action. I think that's a good way to spend that triumph. I am trying to spend. So, you mentioned Breda, and Athelia is kind of like, oh, that's where you're from. <laughs> she said she was just going to retire back to her oak in the field. <laughs> yes, so she does know Breda. And Breda was, was a fighter, actually. Breda was not... Like a shaman. That tracks. So Athelial, like, looks over your map with you and mm-hmm. you point out all these things, but she returns to her question of, do you know, like, who is behind these raisings? With the Athenwood, 
there were bandits and they learned their dark secrets from the Bryn. Like, who is, who is raising these things? I think you can just unsettle them. So she tells the story about the tunnels. I don't know how well she tells it, but she's just basically like, you disturb them and they get up. Or maybe if you disturb an artifact, and then she kind of just, you know, gets like, she's like theorizing with it. So I don't think it's so difficult if they're not put down properly. Our best understanding is if undead have been raised at one point and only casually struck down, later they might get back up. I don't know if that matches your experience. Her experience is that once undead are put in motion, they do not always need their master around to keep them going. That they can be like sent out and do things. They were working with the bandits. The bandits learned enough from Abrin that the bandits were able to like be minor necromancers themselves. And there may be some tie to artifacts. That's just one of, maybe, I don't know if Hippus says that's one of my working theories in sort of that term. And she, she does make a comment about how the humans, they do love their artifacts. Even their, their crown is based on who wields the scepter. And a dangerous artifact that is, too. And she, she has a low opinion of the current person with it. Really? Should we steal it? No. What does it do? <laughs> it's like it's, it wields political power. That's what it is. No, 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 she says it undermines its wielder if they are weak. Oh, which is habitually the case. Among the humans, yes. Uh, and then she will check herself and kind of have a distant, far-off gaze and, and say, but elves can be corrupted, too. Oh, crap. <laughs> and, she, and then she adds a random piece of information that she may not care about after she makes that statement, which is that um, she does not think High Lord Ithilden died of natural causes. I understand there's lots of things coming yeah. in, but like... No. You guys don't really know the full history of a farce other than your own. So this is partially to, like, get you guys aware of a larger elvish right. world, but also to get you aware of, uh, yes, in fact, elves are capable of doing necromancy. Need to tell Daddy. You would not be content settling down in another forest. Is that correct? The Athenwood is her home, even if Altamir exiled her from it. And the protection of the Athenwood remains her goal. She has not figured out a way to achieve that yet, given her situation. Okay. And, like, Westnoth is not the answer. Yeah, Westnoth, good or ill, it is a large supply of ammunition for necromancers. And she says so are our forests. So many, though? Are there not many more human graves? There are more humans than elves, it's true, but... There are still wolves. Yeah, wolves, it's true. I guess her, her point was elves can be raised into walking courses just as humans can. Yes, that is absolutely true. With bows and everything. Yeah. <laughs> she warns you that these sorts of powers are very tempting, particularly to those who are already powerful to begin with. The higher you are, the farther you are fall, essentially. That the human mages, and to some extent the elvish ones, can have arrogance about them and think that they are somehow above such things, that they can tame them. But she saw what happened to Mabrin, and she knows there is no taming of this. Did you ever feel tempted? She takes offense at that. I'm willing to make a charm check. You can make a charm check. Her cool is red, purple, purple. Okay. 
I do succeed with two threats, so I think okay. that's an accurate assessment. She says that Mebrin tried to tempt her with it, tried to logic her into this being a wise thing to do, that there were secrets beyond imagining in the power, and that why should an elf be contented with a few centuries when they could have eternity? And she was perhaps protected by the horror she felt at seeing what had become of him. She also had the benefit of her allies, who were very much geared towards putting down the threat. She allows that it is possible that in a a one-on-one sort of situation that she might not have been as steadfast. And certainly, she doesn't want to excuse the horrors that were brought upon the land by what Mabrin did, but he was under a lot of duress. The humans really are what drove him to embrace and use that power. He was abducted by a group of brigands who knew he had access to that power, that knowledge. And essentially, he was tortured enough that he tapped into that knowledge to escape from them, but then became the very thing that he had been trying to avoid becoming. She had the benefit of arriving with allies and having sufficient power at her disposal already and not being bound up in iron. Does tend to offer one advantages. And in the light of the glade, you guys are under some trees, but occasionally beams of light come through. You do catch a little faint shimmer behind her. Wings. Yes. Her wings are not always visible, but you do catch that faint outline of them as the sun moves through them. They are right now more in their like fey mode of being insubstantial, but she can make them manifest physically. So yeah, she's a more powerful sorcerer than your uh, your mother's. So okay, so wings is for sorcerers, but not druids, or is that both tracks of elvish casting? I can't remember what the titles are right now. Shides or shide is the druidic track, and and something else. Sylph. Sylph. So is that something that we can kind of sense with somebody, like whether or not they went down a sorceress or a druid track, or is that something you'd have to ask, or are there like hallmarks or? I would say. Temperament is often an indicator okay. because the druidic track is far more defense and healing oriented. Right. And the sorceress track is aggressive defense. Right. The fact that okay. she's like coercive in personality. Right. Which suggests that she is the sorceress track. Wait a minute. So it's not that Penna is just cold. It's just that she has a lot of sorceress training. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it justifies people being jerks. And I'm not saying this is 100% true. It's yeah. just a tendency. So if you have other questions for her, you can ask them. I've gotten across most of the ideas that I wanted to from her. Then the only thing I think Hepa would think to ask, and I guess we'll see how this goes, is if necromancy was the only, like, does it comprise all the dark magic? Okay. Because that is, like, something that she's just like... Are these synonyms? Yeah, is that just what we mean by that, or is there other stuff out there? Because there's... I have to admit, she's a little bit, like, ruminating in your mind, is what else can we do that we don't think we can that we could accidentally do? Because she's done magical accidents a couple of times. So I think that's more of what she's concerned about, is if you think you can't do it... I mean, she almost activated an artifact. 
she was comfortable in that because she didn't think she could because she was an elf. But she might have been able to. So now she's like, oh, crap. Kind of ties into that little bit of, like, what is the scope of forbidden stuff? Mm -hmm. Or what is the scope of dark magics? Okay. And I don't know if she'll know or not, but this is, like, powerful sorceress if she's willing to answer questions. Okay. Please make a charm check. There are story points available if you want them, because the difficulty is red, purple, purple. Um, yeah, I'll use a story point. I can use my proper upbringing again. Yeah, if you don't mind spending strain. So I succeed, but when threat. So you might take that as some strain then. Yeah, I mean, because this is sort of a weird thing to ask to somebody you don't know that's not exactly the friendliest. She says there's probably more to the dark magics than simply the raising of dead. Okay. That there's also the draining of life from the living, which is separate from the something is dead and now I raise it. Okay. But essentially she knows that some of what a lich can do is weaken you to heal themselves. Okay. Which, when she says that, you guys may recall some of what you experienced with the soul stone shard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we've totally dabbled with artifacts. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so she mentions that, and then she also mentions that there are some creative aspects of these dark magics as well, things that elves would never do. Not that they can't do them, as evidenced by what happened to Rin, but things that would be wrong from an elvish perspective. That she's going to say something, and she's going to preface it by saying that it is a controversial topic, and not one that the true answer is known. It's controversial. Finally, somebody has answers. (laughs) But she does not know whether humans are really natural or not. That some Hmm. elvish sages believe that humans were created by liches and not vice versa. Hmm. That humans and orcs both were created by liches, and therefore that liches existed in some form and somehow came to the world. Well, humans can certainly become liches. Yes. And, as you described, an elf can become as such. Or did Malbrin not quite reach that? Unfortunately, Malbrin did become a lich. That is a curious Can take thing. on the mantle of lichdom. Right. That gives her a little bit more stuff to think about physiologically as she's studying. <laughs> so if an elf can become a lich, and liches perhaps created humans... Are you saying that you think this all began with an elf gone awry? I'm, I'm trying to see where the chain starts, and if it didn't start with humans, and an elf could become a lich, I that is one point. possibility. I see your point. She does not take offense at that. She thinks that's a logical... But that also means that elves live across the sea, or did at one point. But dwarves also have some magical capacities. She's not disputing the existence of magic. Yeah, this no. This particular type of magic is what she is saying in answer to your question. Yeah, No, no, because he was saying it doesn't necessarily have to be an elf, could have been oh. a dwarf. <laughs> Maybe a dwarf was the first lich. Oh, that's not what I was getting at, but... Yeah. Uh, like all elves, we were just ignoring the existence of dwarves. <laughs> or trolls, or... Yeah, or any other senses. No, the, clearly Nagas created the liches, created the humans. Everybody knows that. I think it was the merfolk. No, I mean, she, she's not opposed to the idea, but she was like, but what about dwarves? Like, Nobody knows. So that's a topic she has heard debated and discussed by sages. That 
humans brought necromancy to these shores. Right. But that part is an accepted fact among elves. Yes. But the controversy of which came first, the lich or the human? Humans brought necromancy to these shores. Humans who had been enthralled to liches wherever they were living before. Right. And the topic debated by the scholars is whether humans were simply enthralled to liches or whether liches created humans and orcs to be their thralls. Well, they did a crummy job then. Or liches are a whole different type of species. But then how does a human can or an elf become lich? Them. Yeah, something that becomes a lich doesn't have to be an elf or a dwarf, but it creates humans and orcs. It's no longer, it does not matter where you came from when you become a lich, you're saying? Could be other creatures across the sea, is what I'm saying. Not necessarily elves. Maybe horsefolk. And it may not matter. It, it may not matter once you become a lich. I heard liches have forearms anyway. They're so jacked. So that's what you get from her, unless you've got other questions. And I, I think we've extracted more than enough, enough information. You think you have more questions now than you started with? No, but I think that's good, I think. I mean, I think we've given her a sufficiently weird experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what are you here for? And we're like, what? Elves can do that? And here's a map. But, uh, thank you very much for your time. If you find your way out here, Esprin Forest, I'm sure you'd be welcome to visit. Rada is, as I said, still enjoying her retirement, I think. That's the way to put it. She was a mentor of mine. Trick will own up to that. Okay. If this is someone that knows Breda, and if she ever talks to Breda, then yep. all the information about Trick will be out, so. Mm-hmm. And I will give her an Esprin Forest. <laughs> my business card. This is the scout type ribbons? Yeah, the scout. I, in my mind, like I have the one High Lord right, Vorlas right, right. ribbon. That's like a seal that I represent, High Lord Vorlas. Okay. She accepts your scouting ribbon as proof of entry. I, I, For if she goes to the Yeah, I'm trying to think, like... Do we have our protocol for, like, when an elf from another forest visits? I gotta tell you, it's much different than the protocol for when a human wanders in. Probably just let them in. Well, hey, hey yeah. Who are you here to see? <laughs> With her, it's probably like, oh, my lady. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna stop there. You guys are leaving this little parkland. You have two more things to accomplish in this town. One is to hang out with Alric's parents some more. And one is to visit the site of Mount Ravenel's defeat. Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice. We can do it on the way back, though. For yeah, that's true. Short I mean, time. But for short on plot, we can I mean, you spend a time to have a tour guide. So. That's true. So you can have 10 XP for today. And uh, thank you for enduring an information dump. No, that was very good. You do know what kind of character we're playing, right? As well as, you know, the usual Weissnoth soap opera. I'm Jennifer here. Sir Dioran is the primary protagonist of the Southguard mainline campaign of the Battle for Westnoth video game. In Scenario 5, he's given the choice to ally with human bandits or with the elf Athelial, who has already lent him aid. For the purposes of our story, he made the latter choice. In the video game, she's a shy unit, but given what she's experienced in the years since, I have her as a sylph here, more an attacking unit than a defending one. 
If you ally with Athelial in the South Guard, the campaign ends with scenario 8A, which has her in conflict with the Elvish outrider, Eltonmere, while the Elvish marshal, Athelidon, is supportive of her. In my imaginings, Ithildon was the leader of the Athenwood Council, and once he was taken out of the picture, Eltonmere seized power and exiled Athelial for her betrayal, inciting with the humans against an elf. After that point, there was on and off open conflict with the humans, which included the battles Knots and the Beard participated in. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at diceystories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at delborovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.